This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report on the grains. For over six weeks now, there has been consistent forecasts for rain for Iowa that have not delivered any rain. Now the forecasts have gone dry. The moisture flow was open from the Gulf, but it was like there was a rain cap over Iowa. The high-pressure dome stayed off to the south or southwest, but heat made it into the Corn Belt anyway, lack of dome or not. Dryness is creeping up into Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois. We did get three-tenths to half-inch of unforecasted rain Sunday night, but that is the proverbial spit in a bucket. Heavy soils are holding, which at this point means deteriorating slower. Iowa good to excellent crop condition ratings fell 10% in a week to 59% for corn. That compares to 65% a year ago. The deterioration is slowed but not stopped by cooler temperatures. Minnesota is the garden state at 83% good to excellent, but even they need to rain again or they will deteriorate. Our inland hurricane was a dry hurricane. 76% of the corn crop is in the dough stage, 23% has dented. 26% of the Iowa corn crop is dented. They're going to have to get creative about how they harvest down corn this fall. Some will hold over, taking fewer rows one way. A corn harvest like that takes forever. One nuance about the advanced maturity in drought is that little to no dryer gas should be required this fall. Iowa good to excellent condition ratings for soybeans fell 8% in a week to 62% compared to 61% last year. The problem with the soybean crop was not wind, but no rain. Condition ratings are going to continue to deteriorate until there is a general soaking rain to make them stop. Nationally good to excellent ratings fell 2% to 72%, which is still very high compared to last year at 53%. Soybean ratings improved 5% in Louisiana with an astounding 91% good to excellent. Minnesota ratings were steady at 84 96% of soybeans are blooming with 84% setting pods. The trade had anticipated the deterioration in USDA crop condition ratings Monday afternoon, so the dog caught the car resulting in profit-taking. Funds also respond to the market in three-day windows, so Monday may have been it until later this week. The last commitment of traders' reports still showed funds heavily short corn, but the few days since, they have unloaded a lot of that position. Nevertheless, corn and soybeans posted strong technical closes on Monday. They followed with a turnaround Tuesday correction. I do not like the week gap openings in the week's opening trade as they beg to be filled, more likely in corn than soybeans. Lagging FSA acreage certification, the Dureco and the drought have all added a material level of supply uncertainty that the market has been responding to. What caused the deterioration in crop condition ratings was mostly drought. And that is not going to be alleviated until there is a general soaking rain for the central corn belt. None is forecast with the 10-day having gone dry. That again gives contrarians hope that forecasters will continue to be wrong. Temperatures are in the 80s and even the mid to upper 80s will accelerate stress when the tank is dry. Crop condition will deteriorate and even accelerate. The corn crop needs a bit more time to be made, but a poor finish can cost more bushels than the derecho blew over. The soybean crop is made in August, so it is the most vulnerable to the current forecast. I saw many shades of soybeans, including some firing on my crop tour last weekend. The stress is evident in worsening. 
The daily close above the July high in November soybeans was technically door opening. A small pause would not hurt. Looking at the larger chart picture, resistance levels or upside objectives would be 950 and 990 in November soybeans. Pro farmers started on both ends of the corn belt and will work toward the middle. They put the South Dakota corn yield at 179.2 bushel per acre, up 25 bushel over last year. They put the Ohio corn yield at 167.7 bushel per acre, up 13 over last year. Soybean pod counts in both of those states were up over 50% from last year. It will get more interesting when they delve into Iowa. On the demand side, the NOPA crush was 173 million bushel, nearly 5 million bushels more than last year, which sustains strong domestic demand. China should keep buying soybeans to support exports for a few months yet, until Brazilian new crop supply is available again. China is making good progress restocking their hog herd and expanding their poultry production, so their feed demand needs expand. The soybeans that they are importing are being used. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. 